Welcome to Salt Shaker 513 Podcast, where you will find devotions on a variety of topics along with teachings of biblical subjects to stir your spirit, encourage your spiritual growth, and infill you with the Word of God. Wherever you are, sit back and receive what God has for you in this message. Alrighty, let's get started. So we were talking about compassion this week. Good morning, Mother. Good to see you on. Glad you figured out technology now that you've retired. We are talking, Kaisha, good morning, about compassion. And I may hit this from a different angle, so stay with me, get buckled in, and don't get off early, because otherwise it won't make sense. So, stay committed. It shouldn't be that long, so just stay there. But first, let's look at the definition. A sympathetic consciousness, awareness, of others' distress... So you see other people going through something, whether it be uh, a lost loved one, whether it be a divorce, whether it be sickness, disease, anything like that, Uh, financial stress. Good morning, Tori. Together with the desire to alleviate it. So I kind of talked about this on Wednesday night at Church in the City, is if I have the desire to alleviate something, that means I have the resources to do it. That means I have the ability to do it. Uh, there, there's a difference between, man, I really wish I could help that person, but I'm not in a place that I can. But whenever you have compassion on someone, that's, that's like, okay, I know they're going through tough times, and I have something that can make it a little better or maybe solve the problem completely. So let's look at this, everything I'm going to share today from that context. So here we go. John 11, and we're going to read quite a bit in there, and I'm going to read out of the Amplified, but once we get through there, we are good. John 11, verse 1. Good morning, Miss Donna. Now a certain man named Lazarus was ill. He was of Bethany, the village where Mary, his sister, Mar- where Mary and his her sister Martha lived. This Mary was one of the who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was now sick. So the sisters sent to him, saying, "Lord, he whom you love so well is sick." Good morning, Q. When Jesus received the message, he said. This sickness is not to end in death, but on the contrary, it is to honor God and promote His glory, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. They were His dear friends, and He held them in loving esteem. Therefore, even when He had heard that Lazarus was sick, He still stayed two days longer in the same place where He was, just right down the road. That, that always cracks me up. Then after the, that interval, he said to his disciples, let us go back again to Judah. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews only recently were intending and trying to stone you, and you are thinking of going back there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? Anyone who walks about in the daytime does not stumble, because he sees by the light of this world. But if anyone walks about in the night, 
he does not stumble because there he's he does stumble because there is no light in him the light is lacking to him verse 11 he said these things and then added our friend Lazarus is at rest and sleeping but I am going there that I may awaken him out of his sleep then the disciples not thinking said Lord if he is sleeping he will recover however Jesus had spoken his of his death but they thought that he referred to falling into a refreshing and natural sleep. So Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there. It will help you believe to trust and rely on me. However, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go too that we may die, be killed among with him. Good morning, Jeff. Good to see you, man. So when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, only about two miles away. So he was just still just chilling in Bethany for two days while Lazarus had been dead for four. And a considerable number of the Jews had gone out to see Martha and Mary and console them concerning their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. And while Mary remained sitting in the house... Martha then said to Jesus, Master, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And even now I know that whatever you ask from God, he will grant it to you. Jesus said to her, Your brother shall rise again. Martha replied, I know that, we, that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I myself. So this is Jesus saying, I have the ability to alleviate your problem. I am myself the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on me, although he may die, yet he shall live. And whoever continues to live and believes in, has faith in, cleaves to, and relies on me, shall never actually die at all. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I have believed. Good morning, Don. I do believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One the Son of God, even he who was to come into the world. It is for your coming that the world has waited. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary privately, whispering to her, the teacher is close at hand and is asking for you. When she heard this, she sprang up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the same spot where Martha had met him. When the Jews were sitting with her, in the house and consoling her, saw how hastily Mary had risen and gone out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to pour out her grief there. When Mary came to the place where Jesus was and saw him, she dropped down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her sobbing and the Jews who came with her also sobbing, he was deeply moved in his spirit. Listen to this. Deeply moved in his spirit. He chafed in the spirit and sighed and was disturbed. And some translations say had compassion on them. So look at what this compares compassion to. Deeply moved in his spirit, grieved, troubled, disturbed. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. The Jews said, see how he tenderly loved him. But some said, could not he who opened the blind man's eyes have prevented this man from dying? Now Jesus again sighing repeatedly and deeply disquietened 
approached the tomb, and it was a cave, a hole in the rock, and a boulder lay against the entrance to it. Verse 39. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, exclaimed, But Lord, by this time, he is decaying and throws off an offensive odor. For, I'm going to start using that term. Man, this person really throws off an offensive odor. For he had been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you and promise you that if you would believe and rely on me, you would see the glory of God? Just type that in the comments. I believe and rely on God. So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Yes, I know you always hear and listen to me, but I have said this on account of and for the benefit of the people standing around so that they may believe that you did send me, that you have made me your messenger. When he had said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And he who had died came out and came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with cloth. Jesus said to him, loose him and let him go. Good morning, Pastor Lasejo. Good afternoon there. Jesus had the ability. He had the power. He had the authority, the anointing to do something about Mary and Martha's pain. And that's what we're called to do. And I'm going to give you a, a few other verses and then I'm just going to challenge you. So stay with me, not much longer, and then I'm going to send you about your day with a challenge. So John 2, verses, verse 1. The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Canaan and Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, They have no more wine. What did Jesus say? Dear woman, that's not our problem. I don't think that's compassion. Have you ever been in one of those moments where you're like, not my problem, don't really care. And, and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just hits you. And you're like, man, I gotta do something about this. And th that's what happened to Jesus. Jesus was like, woman, not my problem. And then watch. Then all of a sudden, you can see a change in Jesus. The wine supply, dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants. This is, this is where that shift changed. Uh, Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first. Good morning, Cheryl. Always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana of Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After the wedding, okay. So, 
what we see here. Why is this compassion? Because the culture of the time is if, if you ran out of wine at a wedding, it was an embarrassment to the family. It would mean you probably couldn't afford it. There were, it was just a, a huge embarrassment. And Jesus knew that. That's why his mother said, do whatever he says. And Jesus not only, and this is what he's going to do in your life, but this is also what he wants to do through your life. That you, you're going to have such compassion on people that you're going to be able to provide for them whatever that need. We've seen a, a miracle, a creative miracle in the raising of Lazarus. We've seen a miracle of provision. So there can be all forms of compassion. And the, the awesome thing is that the Lord, the very Spirit of God living on the inside of you, the Spirit of life, you carry life on the inside of you. You carry provision on the inside of you. Healing and wholeness, peace, joy, strength. You carry that on the inside of you. You actually carry the same spirit of the creator that created all those things. Think about that. So you have the ability to alleviate someone else's stress. Whatever that may be. Financially healing and wholeness. You, what did the Bible command us? Anyone who believes these signs will follow. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You have that living on the inside of you. Listen to this. 3 John 1, 2, the Amplified. Beloved, I pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper and be in good health physically just as I know your soul prospers spiritually. So what does that have to do with compassion, Pastor Sean? Well, just think about it. The Lord desires that everyone, not just believers, because he, he, we know the word tells us that he desires that all men shall be saved. So he desires that everyone would be successful. So what does that have to do with compassion? Well, maybe you're in a business setting. And you have the ability to give people jobs. You have the ability to pour in them and make and raise them up and train them how to be better business people or better employees. Spiritually, you have the ability to, to make disciples. That's one of the commands is to go into all nations and make disciples. Disciples is pouring into people, making them more successful and prosper. You have the ability to be a provider. If the very spirit of the provider lives on the inside of you, then you have that same ability. Be in good health physically. You have the ability to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, just as I know your soul prospers spiritually. Same thing we just said about making disciples. You have the ability to share what the Lord has done for you. For Revelation tells us that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You have the ability to tell people what the Lord has done for you. All right, listen to this, and then we'll start to wrap it up and see what happens. Matthew 10, 5 through 8 in the New Living Translation. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles. With these instructions, don't go to the Gentiles as Samaritans, Samaritans, which we know changed later, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Listen to this. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Listen to some of the commands. Heal the sick, raise the dead, 
cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Now this next, the last part of this verse, verse 8, always gets thrown in to offering messages. And actually it has nothing to do with offering. Give as freely as you have received. And other translations said, you have freely received, now freely give. It's actually talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Because he's talking about healing the sick, raising the dead, curing the lepers, casting out demons. You have that ability, that power on the inside of you, that anointing on the inside of you. You have got, Jesus is saying here, I have poured into you now. Now it's time for you to pour into others. I have done something to improve your life. I have caused you to prosper. I have caused you to be successful. Now it is your responsibility to do the same with others. It's, it's just like this, and I know I've given this illustration before. It's just like this container, this Nalgene of water. I can keep using it as long as I keep filling it up. But if I, if I just put the lid on it and put it in a drawer and don't pour the water out, what good is this Nalgene to me? Now, what I do with it is I, I drink it throughout the day. I drink four of these. But if I keep the lid on all day, it does me no good to carry it around. I'm just carrying around a, a burden, a weight. But as long as I keep drinking it and pouring it out, then I keep filling it. It's the same with us. As long as we keep pouring out, pouring into others, then the Lord keeps filling us up. We are called to have compassion on other people. We are called to alleviate what they are going through. Go back up to the definition. Sympathetic consciousness of others' distress. Seeing what they're going through together with a desire to alleviate it. So we have to alleviate others' distress. That is what we are called to. That is why we do these devotions. Is so that when you're going through stuff, we are encouraging you with the word and the power of God. You have the ability to do something about other people's lives. Good morning, Miss Kay. So with that said, my challenge to you today is to be consciously aware of what's going on around you. Whether you're at the grocery store, the gas station, a family gathering, a sporting event, church, whatever it is. And I'll give you seven days, seven days, because that's when I'm on next, to do something, step into someone's life, whether it's someone you know or a stranger. And by a show of hands, I want to see who's willing to accept this challenge. That you would step into someone's life to help alleviate something they're going through. Whether it be you pray for someone that's sick, whether it be that you pay a bill for somebody, whether it be that you disciple someone, whatever it may be. And I want to hear testimonies about what you did and how the Lord worked through you. Because look, man, the reason the whole point of doing these devotions is to encourage you, to see you increase in your spiritual walk, to raise up men and women of God that are going to carry out the call of God on their lives and take this kingdom, take his kingdom to the uttermost parts of the world. We can only do that if we're pouring out. 
So our challenge for you today is to pour out what the Lord has put in you. Freely you have received, now freely give out to others. And I tell you, what's awesome about God is to where the world would be like, mm, keep what you have, put it in stocks, put it in bonds, put it in retirement, whatever. The Lord says, give out. And the awesome part is, as you give out, he just gives you more and more and more and more. So, today, that's the challenge. And before, before I get off, because um, apparently we've had a lot of people asking, are y'all selling those shirts? Yeah, we are. We've been talking about them for over a month. So, just in case you missed it, we are selling these shirts. We have three of the newer ones. We have that one. The, what I call the block one, it's a dry fit long sleeve. We have the one that is just the, the letters, dry fit long sleeve, SS513, established 2020. It says be soft and light on the sleeve, very cool shirt. And then maybe one of the softest shirts I've ever felt, the t-shirt says stay salty and it says Matthew 513 on the sleeve. We have all of those, $20. Or if you just wanna sow a seed, you say, this word really spoke to me, really challenged me, and really encouraged me and helped me grow. Uh, I say it all the time, but attach your faith with a seed. Put a seed in the ground. Uh, I've been listening to a song a lot recently by William McDowell called, William McDowell, Send the Rain, Send Your Rain. And it talks about, the whole song is about, we have prayed, we have sowed seed, and now... It is time for you to send the rain because it's the rain that produces a harvest. So you can't get a harvest unless you have seed in the ground and you want to sow into good ground. What better place to sow into a place that is preaching the gospel worldwide, encouraging you, challenging you, and also feeding the hungry. It's a command from the Lord is to feed the hungry. Another command is take care of the poor. And we are doing that in the Philippines, taking care of orphans and women that have been sexually abused, sexually trafficked. And many of the orphans, these children have been involved in that as well. And this, this organization that we have partnered with, Agape Impact Ministries, has done an excellent job of rescuing these children and these women to the point where the government has taken notice and actually calls them when they need help. So that's what you're sowing into, the preaching of the word, which is always good, always fertile ground, and feeding the poor, taking care of, of orphans and women. So if that's you, you can always give, maybe you're a partner or maybe you haven't partnered with us and the Lord's challenging you to partner with us on a monthly basis. If someone, Q, I know you're on, Mallory, you're on, Pastor Lisejo, you're on. If you can just type the website, www.saltshaker513.com, you can partner with us there. If you want to give a one-time gift, or if, if this is easier, Zelle, through your banking app, you can literally do it from your banking app, sitting on your couch. You can just type in our email address, thesaltshaker513 at gmail.com. Cash app, dollar sign 513, salt shaker. PayPal and Venmo is at saltshaker513. So don't forget your challenge. You know, these shirts are actually a great way to open conversation. People, 
what is SS513? What, what does that mean? And then you can s preach the gospel, man. Preach the gospel. Everywhere you go, preach the gospel. Thank you, Mallory and Q, for throwing all those up. Well, I hope this challenged you. I hope you're going to do something about it. I know you will. We love you guys, and hop on tomorrow morning for another devotion. And get ready for next week. And I want some testimonies this week. So send them to us on Facebook. You can send them to us on the, our Gmail account as well. Love you guys. If you have my number, you can always text me. If you're friends with me on Facebook, you can always send them to me directly. But whatever you want to do. We love you. We'll see you tomorrow. We believe that message spoke to you today and will continue to have a lingering effect as you carry on with your day. Come back frequently for new messages and go and check out Salt Shaker 513 on Facebook, Instagram, and saltshaker513.com. You can also partner with us and all that God is doing on our website at saltshaker513.com. We love you and we look forward to spending some time together again soon.